hosting this podcast for 50 weeks hi jasma and divya welcome to my show hi vedant it's really fun to be back on your uh, podcast hi vedant thank you for having me again i was the first guest of yours and i'm so excited to be here with you on the other side for your 50th episode congratulations for doing this for 50 weeks straight and looking forward to continuing this for a long long time Yeah, Vedant, huge congratulations for uh, doing this podcast for fifty weeks, and I'm sure your listeners will join in for a round of applause for uh, this milestone on the number of podcasts. Thank you so much. Like even I feel very like happy, and I feel very great that I've done fifty episodes continuously, and it's like for me. it also feels like a big and great achievement and i'm also glad to have you both back on my show too thank you we are really glad to be back on your show and it's surely an achievement to have 50 podcasts done every week without missing one absolutely and, agree yeah so the first follow up question will be presented by me so In the previous interview with you Jasma you said that many people had helped you when you were helping animals can you please just tell us who are the people who guided you and helped you during this whole process yeah vedant as in a lot of people a lot of guides and mentors who helped me and i can take like obviously if i take everybody's name it's going to be a long list but uh, i'll probably take a few key people who were really instrumental uh, when i joined uh, people for animals i was inspired by shrimati menka gandhi ji uh, and her guidance and her mentoring played a very very important role not just to me but i'm sure for almost every single animal welfare advocate in india uh the trustees at people for animals bangalore uh, alpana arushi uh namrata and gauri uh they were really instrumental in just shaping young minds uh, when i started to do a newspaper in education uh there were people like um shobha who helped and also a lot of my other friends during that time uh sumanth um, whom you know who does like wildlife rescue uh achala uh rohini uh, somya who is now a member of legislative assembly in jainagar all of them really really helped me shape my thoughts 
but I'll say if one person who's had a huge impact in my life is Anuradha Sahani. And uh, she's now in Pune and she was one of the founders as well as uh, the chief functionary for PETA India for many, many years. And uh, she had a huge influence in just molding my thoughts and uh, training me for doing a lot of uh, work. Um, after that, a lot of my colleagues at PETA, um, Jalaj, Manish, Sachin, Nikunj, uh, Simran, Pooja, just to name a few, and they were like really helpful, uh, who helped. Uh, later on, when I moved to Humane Society International, uh, Arco, who used to be my colleague at um, PETA, who came along, and then a lot of my colleagues at Humane Society International, uh, Alok Parna, Shreya, each of these people were really helpful and they guided me through this. And uh, in my previous episode, I spoke about Chetana and others as well. So uh, these are just like maybe few people, but there were like uh, a lot of them. And also there were other people whom I really look uh, up to. Like, for example, uh, Ingrid Newkirk, who was the founder of PETA, uh, with whom I did some work. And also some really influential writers like Peter Singer, who gave their philosophy uh, and reading their philosophy uh, and my current colleagues uh, at Global Food Partners. So it could be Lissy, uh, Sabina, Dawn, uh, Kate, uh, Michelle, uh, Lisa, Bailey, a whole lot of people in the fence. Just to this, so just like a handful of names that I'm taking. And if there's anybody who also taught me as to how the government works is Gauri Moleki. And uh, she's based, she's the trustee of people for animals as well as uh, I we both uh, together run people for animals public policy foundation so she as well and again these are just a few people uh, who directly help me and uh, when I moved on to Harvard to do my fellowship at Harvard uh, the director of uh, the Harvard animal law and policy program so this could be Kristen um, and Chris Green Sarah Kelly and also my co-fellows that you know like Charlotte uh, Hadar Jim Keen and so many other people like molded my thoughts so as I said, a human being, Vedant, is not uh, just what they are made as, and it's just the contributions and learning from so many people who touch your life in different points, who make them. And this is just a small list of an umpteen number of people who helped. And on the family side, as in if it wasn't for Divya, who is here, uh, who helped uh, through this entire journey, you, because, you know, when you were a baby, I used to be gone all the time. I used to be traveling all the time, but you never complained. You kind of were always happy when I went. You would come back and say, what did you do for animals? And, you know, just telling those stories would make me so happy. Uh, your, both your side's grandparents and your great-grandparents, as in literally the entire family who's been such a great pillar of support, um, I think all of these people and many more are the ones who help me help animals. You know, Jesma, those are some really amazing people. Like, I know all of them. And, you know, listeners, for Jesma's part one episode, remember the part where I said I'm going to join PFA? Well, so successful. 
I have joined PFA. So, hello to all the people in PFA. Okay, I'm sure PFA will be really happy to have you as a member. Yeah, I know. So next, you know you have done lots of great work for animals and what is the most important things that you have done to save them? Um, thank you, Vedanta. In fact, um, as I said, it's not just me. It's collectively the animal welfare community uh, who has done a lot. But I think I've been involved in a few very important milestones. Um, one was uh, trying to get a ban on cosmetic testing on animals, which we spoke about in our last podcast. Yeah. And also getting a ban on import of cosmetics tested on animals into India. Uh, I was also instrumental in uh, being part of a team that tried to stop one of the largest animal sacrifices that happens in Nepal. Uh, also part of many legal cases that protected animals in markets, slaughterhouses, uh, in pet shops, as well as other things. Um, and also just to increase the share of cage-free egg production in India. As in when we started, Vedan, there was just one cage-free egg producer in India. Now there are just so many of them. In fact, now there is a court order that said that no new battery cages can be established in India as well. So I think um, these are just few of uh, the important work that I have been uh, involved in through my career are there any important things you have done on your own right like the, for animals this is very hard to do just something by yourself vedantas and it's always a teamwork and uh, i have played a role in some of these things maybe in some that i played more role in some lesser role and i think that the few things that i'm very proud of uh of the work that i have done is just uh setting up legal capacity building that is like teaching animal law in different places so you know just working with nalsar university of law national law school of india also coordinating with like and i've conducted a lot of training programs for judges uh, prosecutors uh, police and others on animal welfare laws and a lot of training myself so i think that's something that i'm very very proud of uh, so, but again, it's, there no progress ever happens because of one person, you know, yeah. any progress is like running a relay running race. So what happens is that there are people before us who have run, they give you, and then you take the baton and then you continue to run. And then you give it to somebody who is coming next and they continue to run, right? As in, that's how relay running races are. And, uh, any progress in animal welfare is a relay running race as in if today uh, there is any progress it's because of uh, what was worked uh, before so the way you said it maybe uh, when i grow up i'm gonna take the baton from you and then continue all the hard work that's a really good thing Vedanta. i really it would be a, an honor for me to pass the baton to you i know it'll be really fun so now listeners the next set of very complicated questions which I can't understand will be passed over to my mother. She will be asking the questions to my dad. Okay, thank you Vedant. Hi Divya. Hi Jaisima. Thank you Vedant. Yeah, you're welcome. So Jaisima, after all these years of working to help animals, what is one of the greatest lessons you've learned? So the greatest lesson that I learned is that 
the human being's creativity to do good and the potential to do good is unlimited when you look at all the suffering that human beings cause it is very easy to doubt and say you know what human beings are a source of all this pain and feel very very sad about our own species but the human creativity can actually help a lot of people as well as a lot of species and things are only getting better in the world that's a really positive outlook last week in your interview you said that you encourage people to explore and figure out their passions how does one know if they should pursue their passion as a job or just as a hobby the most common thing that people say is that well you got to follow your passion and if you ask like most people like what their passion is they'll be like oh well i want to be a singer but um, you know there are some professions that it's really really hard to be a good singer and you know actually to make a living out of it so there is a formula that you can use to find out which what to do the first thing you need to figure out and take a and i think i would ask the listeners to take a sheet of paper and pen to work this with me first write down everything that you love to do once you figure that out see of those things what are the things that the world really needs then you kind of figure out of all the things that you love to do of all the thing that the world needs what are you really good at so you filter down to that once you identified everything that you are good at you then figure out what can you be paid for so when you do that particular filter uh you can identify what you have to follow whether it's your passion and how you take on to the job that's some really good advice and uh, a very methodical way and a probably a very practical way of um looking at what one should do in their life and one thing that i have always believed is that everybody every person has a purpose in their life and i think maybe following a process like this could make it easier for people to identify that purpose of theirs making giving the increasing the level of satisfaction in their lives yeah as in and uh, i need deserve no credit for coming up with this uh, this is a, a japanese concept for finding reason uh, for being so what you need to do is you uh, draw out a chart and you find the intersection of what you love what the world needs what you can be paid for and what you are good at and that tiny small bit that you see in the venn diagram when you draw all of those things the intersection of these four things is what you should be following so moving on um we have one very specific question concerning your current line of uh, area of work what if a farm or a company does not want to pay more for higher welfare animal products it's it's a misnomer to say that higher welfare products actually cost a little bit more or cost more it only costs monetarily more because products that are cheap externalize costs when you have uh, animals raised in poor welfare what you end up doing is that you externalize the cost so you might not be paying a little bit more to buy higher welfare products but you're paying in terms of health worker safety uh, biosecurity issues as a matter of fact a lot of pandemic ends up causing because of lack of biosecurity and the way we raise animals so in a lot of sense i think it is not right to compare and say well buying a cage free egg costs 
like maybe 20 or 30 percent more it is to say that while paying that 20 or 30 percent more you're internalizing some of the cost if not in a battery cage facility would get externalized to people and many of the time it gets externalized to people who are poor and marginal so uh, higher welfare products is just the method of internalizing that particular externalization of cost and that's the paradigm that we need to be looking at Thank you. Thank you for that answer. And uh, moving on, Vedant, back to you. You know, Jessima, at the start of the of this episode, you were congratulating me a lot about like how I've already done 50 episodes and that how I've been doing 50 weeks continuously. And the way you've been helping me out, do you plan to start your own podcast? Uh, Vedan, I think you're doing a really good job. I don't plan to start my own podcast, but maybe I can keep coming back as a guest to your podcast, but uh, no plans to start my own podcast as of now. Happy to be a co-host on your podcast, Vedan. Yeah. Yeah. For but, some episodes. Mm-hmm, okay. But if you do ever start a podcast, I have a name for it. What's the name, Vedan? Jesma's Monologue. Jaisima's monologue. That sounds like a really fun name. Now, moving on to the questions people have asked me. Alright. So, Vedant, what is the greatest learning you've had by running this podcast for 50 long weeks? So, the greatest learning that I've had is, so when you host a podcast, you need to be fluent. Make it like you're talking to the person in like sitting in a room, drinking some hot chocolate and just sitting and chatting. Make it like that and just basically be chill when you do it. And that's what I've learned. That's very good advice to be chill and keep it very fluent. So with that, I have a question. What is the biggest thing you have learned by running a podcast? You've had so many amazing guests on your podcast from cricketers to aerospace engineers to entrepreneurs. Um, What is that one thing that you've learned from all these people on your podcast? So the thing I've learned is if you do hard work, you'll be successful. That's some really good advice, Vedant. You got to do hard work to be successful. And we must say that you're doing some really good hard work putting this podcast together. And we hope that uh, you continue to do this and we are really sure that you will be successful. Thank you. Even I'm sure I will be successful. Yes, yes, Vedan, that's something really valuable that you've learned. And I, I'm sure you will continue with all the hard work that you've been doing, not just with this podcast, but in everything that you do. So congratulations once again for completing 50 episodes. And like I said, looking forward to many, many, many more. So like I asked Jasma whether he wants to start a podcast and he said, no, do you want to? I am not as good as both of you where talking is concerned. So probably not. But Divya is going to set up her own art studio. Do you know that this week was really huge because she made a first sale in her art so dear listeners, if you want some private art commission, hit up Divya on her Instagram page. Thank you. And she does some really good paintings. So just staying 
if you want to buy some, just go to her Instagram or Facebook page and just ask her. We put a link to Divya's Instagram page in the show notes. Thank you. Oh, both of you. Thank you for coming on my show. And Amma, thank you for co-hosting. And Jasma, thank you for coming again. Thank you so much, Vedant, for inviting us. And thank you, thank Divya. You. Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedant, to get updates on my upcoming episodes. To listen at leisure on your phone and get notified about future episodes, Subscribe by searching for Curious Vedant wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on CuriousVedant.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedant. And don't forget to rate and leave comments.